the elders of this church have got a responsibility. One responsibility that they haven't taken very seriously is what to do in the event of a fire. Now, it just so happens that I have a little bit of knowledge on this subject. And I just wanted to tell you, if you discover a fire, then I want you to go and actuate a call bell, which you'll find on the, on the exit. Leave by the nearest available exit. If you hear the bell, leave by the nearest available exit and make your way to the assembly point, which is just in front of the manse. Now, this is quite important, really, isn't it? Because you need to know what to do. And if you totally ignore what you've just been told, that advice, then it's on you. You can't say you haven't been warned that you should leave this building in the event of a fire. But we see warnings everywhere now, don't we? Uh, Do you like that film, Peter Pan? Even Peter Pan now has a warning on it, believe it or not. You can see it there. The warning is, this programme is presented in its, as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. Now, you may well be offended by the depictions that are portrayed in this film, or you may think, what on earth are we doing in now? Where have we come from? Pick up a packet of peanuts or something like that. Yet again, another warning. You have all seen these warnings. Um, For example, this one is about allergies. It contains peanuts. Now, if you're not allergic to peanuts, it doesn't mean a thing to you, that warning. But if you are allergic to peanuts, then you could make yourself seriously ill by ignoring that warning. Or worse, you could eventually end up in hospital and perhaps even death. Watch a Netflix film, for example. Every film now has a warning at the start of it, doesn't it? Um, This one says the following video contains strong language, which may be offensive to some viewers and or inappropriate for children. The contents within this video is intended for mature adults only. It might say the film you're about to watch has scenes of a sexual nature, acts of violence involving guns and knives or strong language. And I thought, everywhere has got warnings on it. So I thought today, I'll have a warning for you. Warning, this sermon will contain depictions of the following. Violence, mockery, crucifixion and judgment. So... I don't want anybody getting upset at the end of it because you are being warned now that this is what this will contain. Where are we? Well, Jesus has been tried, but they couldn't find any evidence to convict him. Regardless of this, the authorities and the religious leaders were determined to put him to death. Even the crowd outside would prefer to let criminals go instead of the innocent Jesus. Soldiers beat him and flogged him. Then, at the time of his crucifixion, we read, As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put a cross on him and made, it carry him, and made him carry it behind Jesus. Why does, G- why does Luke mention this in his Gospel? Why this Simon? It could be that that Jesus was served by a foreigner. 
The gospel draws attention to the fact that this man was of foreign origin. Cyrene was an ancient city, an ancient Greek city in North Africa near the coast of what is now northeast Libya. From the 4th century BC, it was a great intellectual centre and was noted, uh, medical, had a noted medical school. So Luke might have written that verse to say, let it be noted that a foreigner served Jesus in his final hour, indeed an African. Or I'm sure you've heard this one preached on this subject. Pick up your cross. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me daily. In other words, is Luke suggesting that this is a picture of what discipleship is like? Matthew Henry suggests it may be that they saw Jesus was about to die under the burden of the cross and they were so bloodthirsty and fearful of the punishment from Pilate that they wanted to make sure that Jesus would survive for the remaining torture. We've got to get the nails through his hands, the nails through his feet. We can't let this man just die with exhaustion from carrying his cross. Or it might have just been a moment of compassion from some of the soldiers guarding him. The answer is, I've no idea which one of those four is correct. I'll leave it to you to make up your own mind. But I do know that Simon was there at that place and that moment in time because God put him there. We read on. A large number of people followed him. This included women who mourned. Then Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, uh, for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the children of a childless women. The wombs have never borne and the breasts that have never nursed. Then they will say to us, Mountains fall on us and cover and to the hills cover us if we turn to Hosea you don't have to because I shall read it to you Samaria and we read in Hosea 10 7 to 10 Samaria's king was destroyed swept away like a twig on the surface of the waters the high places of the wickedness will be wickedness will be destroyed it is the sin of Israel Thorns and thistles will grow up and cover the altars. Then they will say to the mountains, cover us, and to the hills, fall on us. Since the day of Gilab, you have sinned, Israel. There you have, made, there you have remained. Will not war overtake you, evildoers of Gilab? When I, when I please, I will punish them. Nations will be gathered against them, and they will be put in bounds for their double sins. Samaria was under judgment there and it was in 17 it was in 722 BC that the Assyrians invaded and destroyed the warning that was given there was true we read in Luke 19 41 to 44 as he that's Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city he wept over it and said if you Even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now you've hidden your eyes from it. The days will come upon you 
when your enemies will build embankments against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the, ch- and the children within the, your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognise the time of God. They ignored the warning. Simon mentioned a few weeks ago, didn't he, that how Jerusalem was a city that came under judgment for re- rejecting the ruler, Jesus, and how in AD 70 that judgment came true when the Roman invasion came and the destruction of the city. Do you remember he said that the city was so flat that you could drag a plough over it and not, not even see any signs that there was a city there? That was a warning that they didn't heed. In Revelation 6, 17, uh, 6, 12 to 17, I watched and he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat's hair and the whole moon turned blood red and the stars fell on the earth as figs dropped from the fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich and the mighty, everyone and everyone else, both slaves and free, hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For great is for great for the great of day the wrath has come. Who can withstand it? Do you notice who is under judgment there? The kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich the, the, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free. So according to me, there's nobody left. Everybody is under judgment. We will all be under judgment if we reject the Lord, the King Jesus. There will be a judgment with the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. When that judgment comes, it will be on all of us. Then he goes on to say, For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when we are... When we are sorry, what will happen when... It is dry. The word green is used, I believe, to mean the Lord Jesus Christ has come to the Jews, but they rejected him and left it dry and were left dry. Today, in a way, we are dry, aren't we? We're without water, yet we can join the Green Party, not the apparent eco-friendly party, but the Green Party that God has promised us if we follow him. He will make you lie down in green pastures, we read. And then Jesus directed his disciples and told the people at the feeding of the 5,000 to sit, to sit down in groups on green grass. So are you going, to gre- are you going green or are you going to stay dry? On which side of Christ are you? The left or the right? What do I mean, left or right? Two other men, both criminals, 
were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saves others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers who came up mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. Notice, please, what the soldiers say in verse 37. If you are the king, save yourself. In verse 39, what did the dying criminal say? If you are, if you, aren't you the Christ, save yourself. It's interesting, isn't it, that all these people who have seen Jesus, when, when push comes to shove, it's huh, save yourself. Jesus predicted this though, didn't he? Back in Luke, it is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, it was written about me in reaching its fulfilment. In Isaiah, therefore I will give you a portion among the great and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and he was numbered with his transgressors and he bore the sins of many and made intercession for transgressors. Save yourself. Interesting, isn't it? But Jesus could have any time, couldn't he, have said, it's enough. He was powerful enough. He could have said, that's enough. He could have stopped his arrest at any time. He could have stopped his trial. He could have stopped the torture. He could have stopped the mockery. But Jesus did not say enough because of his love for each one of us. He stayed on that cross to save us. This loving Christ did not stay on the cross because he isn't the son of Christ. He stayed on the cross because he is the Christ. And that's important, isn't it, to think about. He stayed on the cross because he is the Christ. He bore the sins of you and I. In Psalm 22, this sums it up quite good. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you gone far from saving me? So far, my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, I do not find rest. You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In your ancestors, your, in you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm, not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by people. All who see me mock me and hurl insults at me, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. 
let him let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. For my mother's womb, you, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near. There is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, the strong bulls of Besham encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their pride, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and my bones are out, and my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax, it has melted within me. My mouth is dry, it is like potash, and my tongue st- sticks to the roof of my mouth. And lay, and lay, and lay, and you lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of the villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots. A few moments ago, I asked you a simple question, and that was, which side of Christ are you? There were two criminals crucified with Jesus, one on the left, one on the right. One of them, in verse 39, hurls insults. Aren't you the Christ? Save, save, save yourself and us. But the other said, do, not fear. do you not fear God? You are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for what our deeds deserve. What's the sentence that these criminals are under? Well, that sentence is death. They're there. They're being crucified. Jesus is with them. Jesus has been sentenced to death. In a strange way, if you'd have been here um, on Wednesday, we talked about this. What was the gospel message? And the gospel message was going to the cross, wasn't it? We talked about that. And we talked about... Do we actually die with Jesus? So in some ways, we are under that, well, we are under the sentence of death, but we're under the same sentence that these criminals and Jesus was under. We are going to die one day. And that's a certainty. But I don't want you to despair because that sounds very glum, doesn't it? And it's quite easy to go out of church with long faces. So I've put the gospel message into these words. They're not my words, they're the words from the Bible. They're the words that this criminal was saying. The second criminal goes on to say, we are punished justly for what we are getting, for for what we are getting, what our deeds deserves. But this man has done nothing wrong. You and I, when we die, should be getting what we deserve for what we've done. But Jesus has done nothing wrong. But then Jesus said to the criminal, but the, sorry, then the criminal said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Oops, something's gone wrong. Sorry. We need to decide which of the two criminals we are like. I've called them denial and acceptance. 
So there are two criminals. I don't know which one's on the left, which one's on the right. It's totally immaterial. I'm just going to call them denial and acceptance. You see, with this one, there's no sitting on the fence. You are either denying Christ or accepting Christ as the Son of God. We are under sentence of death and time is running out. In some ways, it's a shame we can't have a a countdown clock on our life, isn't it? So we can keep just looking back at it and not worry about anything till it starts speeding up at that last little port, that last little segment. Time is running out. If it is denial, then you will be cast out on the day of judgment. You have been warned. It's not just me saying it, it's the Bible. You've heard Simon say it, you've heard all the believers in this church say that. If it's acceptance, then you will say, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus will turn to you and say, you will be with me in paradise. If you are a believer, you have the assurance that you are in Christ. You know that you are on sentence of death, but bodily death. But you will be with Jesus in paradise. The second criminal, the one that I've called acceptance, he could have thought to himself hanging on that cross, denial is so wrong. He could have just hung there, couldn't he? And just taken his punishment. Instead, with his last breath, acceptance said to denial, fear God. To recognise that there is an awesome and holy God who all, whom they will all soon meet. As a believer in Christ, how will you use your last breath? Will you die proclaiming the greatness of God? Will you be evangelising to your last breath? So, are you a denial or are you acceptance? My prayer is for us as individuals and as a church. We will be evangelising to our last breath. After all, it was my sins that held him there until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life.